Hello beautiful bovine, this is Summer Malden and I am happy to share with you the interview that I did with Laurie Moyer. Um, I know that those who are able to listen will get a lot out of it and those of you who are able to make it to MooCon um, will be able to enjoy getting to know her a little bit but here is just a taste of what you will get if you are able to join us at MooCon and get to know Laurie Moyer just a little bit better. Thanks for listening. So, Laurie, if you will introduce, if you don't mind introducing yourself and an idea of what season of life you're in, um, how many kids, grandkids, and just your general uh, where you are in life uh, so they have an idea of who will be talking to us in the spring. Sure. Um, Laurie, first off, half the people I know call me Lori or Laura or something else, but my mom and dad always insist on calling me Laurie, so I'm just going to go with that one. <laughs> from West Virginia and grew up out in the country more or less. My parents uh, have been Christians for their entire adult life, and so have I. I've had that privilege, that background kind of gives me a firm conviction of the things that I read in the Bible. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. Um, but I married Doy from Florida College, who is from California, a whole other world away. So right. the idea of meshing differences is one I'm familiar with. Right. We have three kids, two boys and a girl. The boys are both married and have kids. We have seven grandkids. That's great. That's exciting. Some in the Tampa area and then some down here in Southern Alabama. And those we get to see more often. Yes. Down there. So, yep, that's all good. But right now we are empty nesters. Okay. Now, and you say that I don't, and I have a feeling that while that may technically be true, I, I get the impression that your nest does not stay empty on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, am I, incorrect on that or correct well you're right uh <laughs> that's part of the thing of having the desire to help other people out as much as you can is that when they have the opportunity people are in um, right we've had different people staying with us for lengths of time and right now actually my parents are with us. they're on oh. their totally independent in an apartment downstairs but they're with us so yeah you know we have that extra little bond which is good looking out for them and their needs is also part of what I'm doing now. Wonderful. Well, that is, and you said they've been there how long now? A little over a year. Okay, great. Well, that is wonderful. That That is very helpful, kind of give everybody an idea of where you're coming from on these on this topic in particular. So uh, I have assigned you the good intentions moving from just having good intentions to action. Um, and that I know from asking the ladies in the group, you know, more specifically about that question is really geared towards, you know, having all these good thoughts um, of, oh, this would be nice to do. But then very quickly being overwhelmed with all the this would be good to do ideas um, that it, it just it almost paralyzes you to just throw your hands up and say, well, I can't I can't do anything because there's just too much to do. 
Um, so I would like to hear from you, your experience of, you know, how you don't, how you try to avoid overwhelm or at least deal with it um, when you've got all these great opportunities. And, you know, you mentioned that you were, um, that you married Doy from Florida College. And I feel like, you know, coming out of there, there would be loads of opportunities um, as a preacher's wife and um, just with being surrounded with Christians and things that can be done all the time, not to mention, you know, outside of that, your own community and the congregation where you're working, et cetera, that it would very easily become overwhelming. Um, and so I would like to hear from you just what thoughts you have on handling that kind of overwhelm um, and still moving forward and being able to carry through with some of the good intentions that cross, cross over your mind from day to day? Well, that's an excellent question. Unfortunately, there's not just a simple answer to it. Partly sure. because everyone is at a different ability level and opportunity point, and each one of us is accountable for our own actions. And so on a person-by-person basis, you make those calls. But I will say for me, um, when I was a student at Florida College, things were busy. But uh, Doy went back to teach at Florida College, and he taught there for almost 14 years. And it was exponentially busier then because that sort of environment, there's so much that really does need to be done. And the number of helping hands that you have helps everyone for it to go along smoothly. But there's never enough. There's never enough. So you could physically 20 a day be busy doing something and still not get the job totally done so what I have uh, learned to do is try to be as organized as possible been accused of uh, being a control freak in some ways (laughs) (laughs) remember what I'm doing half the time and so if I don't write it down and make a plan it's never going to happen we have this joke about the grocery list. If you don't write it on the list on the refrigerator, I won't remember to get it. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. That is what I do as a coping mechanism usually is make a list. I make lists of things that I want to do. And then the challenge is to go back and prioritize it, to ask Mm -hmm. myself out of all of these things that I really want to do. And of course, when you write them down, you think they're great ideas. Right. You need to be critical enough of your own little baby ideas to toss Mm -hmm. some of them when they really aren't as good as you thought they were at first. Yeah. But in your priority base, then you ask yourself, what is it I really need to accomplish uh, for today? Start small, start manageable portions. What is it I really need to accomplish I make sure those things stay at the top of the list or, you know, if you're in a computer, you can do that. Otherwise you put a star or a heart next to something to try to make it stand out. This is what I want to do. And when I'm doing those things, I need to be careful that my religious focus stays there at the top, that it's nothing that I'm doing in order to be seen by anybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. From the time I was a young teenager, I was impressed with Matthew 6 and Jesus telling people, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, going into your closet to pray for the things that they do that were good deeds. But right. 
was criticizing them because they were doing it in order to be seen. It, the, it wasn't just good enough that the work could get done. You have to do it with the right motives. And that is that it not be you, but it be glory going to God. And it's the, well, the need that a person has. Right. I, I, and you might I, be I with can me. interject for just a moment there because that is you, you are hitting on so many things. And I, I want, I want to zero in on this real quick because uh, because I, I my temptation is to just be quiet. And that's probably the better thing for me to do is just be quiet and let you finish up the rest of our time. Just, you know, waxing eloquent as you are. But <laughs> I want to pause there um, for just a moment because one of the things selfishly uh, that I want to dive into and in this podcast in particular is is that notion of one as you were saying focusing in on your motives and keeping the spiritual at the forefront because that is so easily buried um, in the midst of busyness and all the things that need to be done but two um, you're talking about the prioritizing and being very critical of those um ideas that sound so great in our heads um, and and not and trying to go through with all of the quote unquote great ideas, which, you know, if we're honest, they're really not. Once we, you know, analyze and and kind of dissect them. One of the things that you have done and I, I want to hear your how this came about from you, because it has been such a helpful thing and still is, um, are those uh, articles that you have written uh, and your husband has put them up on his website. And I, I first of all, I, I didn't mention this in the introduction. Laurie is not on Facebook. I know everybody get up off the floor. And there is someone in the world who is not on Facebook and it is her. Um, but she has not advertised any of her articles that I'm aware of. Um, and when you meet her in person, she doesn't say, hi, my name is, and I write articles. That's just not her persona. Um, and I love that about her because it is such quality work that speaks for itself. It does get shared a good bit because it is so, it's what I think of as evergreen content. It is timeless. Um, so all that to say, I, I want to know one, how that came about if that was Doy encouraging you to do that, or if that was, you know, one of your baby ideas that you looked at and you considered and, you know, went through that process, um, but how you decided to do that and why you thought it was one worthwhile um, and two, why you did it the way you did it. Both of those things, um, if you don't mind addressing that, just because uh, I, we have such a short time on this little interview and that is something that is, it is a very rare thing. And I, in this age, and I don't know if we'll even have time to dive into this part of it, the social media craze of, you know, look at me and here's what I'm doing um, is really, really taking over a lot. And I feel like in a lot of ways that we don't even, aren't even cognizant of until somebody helps open our eyes to that. And we really take an honest look at it. So I'll be quiet now and let you continue waxing that elephant because you're doing a wonderful job i uh always enjoyed writing but <laughs> i um 
got started ways each women that were non-confrontational because most women I know do not respond well to that sort of in your face. For a man to pick out a track and a track rack and mm-hmm. you know they can sit analytically and go through and they're done. Uh, but right. most of the women I know appreciate a softer touch. And so I started mm-hmm. out writing the articles as uh, just a gentle Im- encouragement to people I could teach mm-hmm. my parents or other experience that might help them most of all uh from god's word because like you say it's all there it's just a matter of uh, noticing and highlighting parts to it um so i got started on it like that it was ended up being tracks for women they sat in a little box at the church building for a very long time and a few people picked them up but it wasn't until really Doy started getting questions from women that he felt less comfortable addressing, that he would pull out one of my articles. And so it hmm. just started uh, being shared that way. That is interesting. And what, so you were, so this basically sounds like to me, you saw a need that, that you could address and hopefully do it in a way that would encourage women instead of either shut them down or discourage them. Right. And that's really, it was a challenge for me because I am a very straightforward person. Right. I'm not real touchy feeling myself. I'm sorry. If you come up to me, <laughs> but uh, I do not tend to camp out in that world. Right. I know several who do and they're happy there and I'm glad that they're happy there but most of the ones who are close to me recognize I am very uncomfortable in that spot and mm-hmm. so uh, this was a good experience for me it was, that's been good it's been a growth thing but yeah. to bring out not just for the immediate crowd of people asking for help but to go beyond that to ask like in terms of older women think we've shared many of the articles to older women uh, there's mm-hmm. a whole large crowd of people there who need encouragement uh, and mostly encouragement because their instruction is usually very solid. Um, yeah. There are, oh, so many little niches of people uh, that get overlooked that those are the ones I tend to notice. That's I love that. And I, there's so much of that, that I know, again, we don't have time to unpack, but that's why Ladies, that's why you need to come to MoocCon so you can talk to her in person. But see, but you talking about the older women, I, you, I think that is so easily overlooked because it's, it's easy to look at them and say, well, they've got it figured out. They don't really need for anything. Um, I mean, we've got the holiday seasons coming up and I feel like those, <laughs> that's kind of the hardest group to buy for because, uh, uh, make it consumable and make it <laughs> practical because they don't need for much of anything, but it is, it's easy to get in that mindset and forget. Yes, they do need encouragement. And, and just because they've experienced, you know, so much more doesn't mean that they don't want relationships or that they've done all the things and they're satisfied. They very much uh, need relationships and um, and like you say, encouragement that some of the most encouraging women on the planet to me, um, you know, are in the older range. And it's because they do have so much to share and they have lived so much. And, and it is, it is still mind blowing to me 
that you would start to feel worn down after a while and need encouragement after such a full life. But it's true. And it's, it's, I've seen that firsthand in a lot of experiences that I've been in that I just would have never guessed unless I sat down and talked to her. Um, and that is, I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it, it's easy, easy to overlook. And the other thing is, again, I just, I get reminded of things that I don't, I don't know how purposeful my mother was in this, or if it was just something that was naturally taught to her. So she talked to us, but seeking out the, the overlooked crowd, um, that just, anyway, that's another topic that just really just strikes at my heart because uh, more and more I realize that is not a natural thing for everybody, um, but it is a needed thing. And it's a, it's a thing that truly anybody can do. Um, you don't have to have a high IQ or be pretty or thin or wealthy to reach out to a crowd that's in need. Um, or a person that is in need in particular. Anyway, uh, I, I'm going, I'm not meaning to to uh, monopolize the time. I really want you to be the one that's talking the more, but you're stirring me up. So I'm sorry for that. Um, but I, I do I need to go ahead and bring this to uh, wrap this up because I promise the ladies, I'll try to keep it as concise and to the point. Um, and I'm, I can't give all away all the things that you're going to talk about because then what would they come for? You know, so, um, so I, I do want to allow you the last minute or so, if there's anything else that, you know, sprang to mind as we were talking that you want to make sure um, that gets in before I do these rapid fire questions, I want to give you that opportunity. So was there anything else that I cut you off on that you wanted to address before we move to that last part? Well, I, I think one of the more important points when it comes to setting your priority uh, list is to remember that if you are a single woman, you can serve the Lord dedicatedly, mm-hmm. yes. more so than a married woman can. And that was when he talked about the single versus the married. Uh, right. Your time more your own. When you have a family, they are very much your priority base after the Lord. Things mm-hmm. need done for them that you cannot and should not shortchange because they will not be at that young stage. The children won't for the rest of your life. And mm. what they need now cannot be replaced later on. So oh, Lori, please just say that one more time, because I don't think you can emphasize that enough. Would you mind just repeating that last part one more time? Oh, sure. The things that a child needs right now when they're younger and that means all the way through the teenage years, those things cannot be replaced later on when you get older and regret it and want to go back and re-say things. For a child, quantity time is quality time. There's no such thing as just doing to make up for the lack of time you spent with them. And that applies even if the spending your time doing are while philanthropic type stuff for other people just because it's a good deed doesn't mean it's family needs first so I would say in terms of priorities make sure that's there at the top and when your children are gone your husband is still your family he needs you too and so make sure you're doing for his time amen oh that's good and it also makes my toes a little bit sore so thank you for that that was very good I appreciate Appreciate you restating that over again. 
Okay. Um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to move on to our fun rapid fire questions that you are going to totally be surprised by and um, you're going to have to think quick on your feet. So are you ready for this? Do it. <laughs> okay. These are a list of which you prefer. Okay. So I'm going to say this or that and you tell me the thing that you prefer. All right. Are you ready? Are these like ink blots or something? No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to psychoanalyze you while we're doing it. That's another podcast, though, so don't get ahead of me. Okay. Phone or text? Uh, text. <laughs> Big party or small gathering? I'm sorry. Say those again. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Laundry or dishes? Dishes? Email or letter? Uh, letter. Okay, and this one is uh, not in that same format, but what is your favorite memory from this year, 2019? Well, really it has to have to do with my grandchildren because they're, you know, near the top of my right. list. But uh, my oldest grandchild, Joshua, who is seven now, Loves all things that can be dissected, uh, <laughs> metaphorically. Oh, okay. Love bugs, all of yeah. that. Has taken a notion to grow things. Oh. And he will take any seed he can find and try to stick it in the yard and make it grow. Well, one of his cousins loves tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And he got a little cherry tomato off my plant this last uh, summer. Said he was going to take it home and plant it in the ground. Uh, <laughs> so that he could plant to grow and then he could share his tomatoes yeah. with Eliana. That's wonderful. But he went to dig in because he had to know it was growing, right? right. Mr. Investigation. <laughs> so he goes to dig the ground and he, oh, it's dead. It's gone. Oh. And he's not going to do anything now. So, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you um, being willing and uh, spending the time with us in this interview, but also uh, for the MUCON in the spring. Um, we are really looking forward to hearing more of your words of wisdom. Um, and thank you so much for uh, giving that to us and being the woman that you are. It is a great blessing to be able to call you a sister and a friend. And I appreciate your your willingness to join us on this fun little journey um, for this little group of ladies. Well, I appreciate your asking, really. I'm very flattered that you even think of me. In the, uh, but I appreciate being able to be part of whatever it is that you're doing that will help spread the kingdom, make it stronger. All right. Thanks so much, Laurie. Have a great day. You too.